Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello, greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So to you, so let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 152. Can you believe it? Podcast next week, we'll be talking about real football in week one, wins and losses on our Dynasty teams. I can't wait. What I thought I'd do this week is the last week of the preseason and as NFL had their cut dates, uh, I want to just give an update on some players' values that I think increased as a result of the transactions that took place last week. So you guys know this, but last Tuesday, NFL teams had to cut down to their 53-man rosters. And this year, like most years, was full of surprises as teams waived some unexpected players. And, you know, cut day is one of those days in the NFL calendar when NFL teams really communicate most clearly uh, how they value the players on their rosters and what their depth chart is going to look like. All the smoke and mirrors, all the coach speak about players uh, during the preseason has now gone away, and now we know exactly what they really think about their rosters, right? Cut day is also a big day for Dynasty Freaks because as the NFL depth charts become more concrete, uh, players' Dynasty value rise or they fall significantly. And so several players on the back end of our rosters, Dynasty rosters, were cut by their NFL teams, decreasing their Dynasty value, while at the same time increasing the value of other players that they were competing with for a roster spot. And so in this podcast, I just wanted to share about some of the players that I think lost or gained the most in Dynasty value um, last week after the NFL roster cut day happened. So first, we'll talk about the big one. The big one for sure is Mac Jones. I think the biggest surprise on cut day was that New England cut Cam Newton. Uh, we knew it was going to be a close position battle, and Jones had a real chance to be named the starter for week one, but it was a huge surprise to hear that they named Jones as starter and cut Newton rather than retaining him as a backup. I think this surprise cut not only boosts the dynasty value of Jones, but it affects the value of a few of his teammates. Uh, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, uh, their dynasty value gets a bit of a bump because Newton's not going to be there to steal the goal line carries. I think too, James White's, uh, you know, has been kind of a diminishing PPR value. I think it receives a bit of a boost because this is a quarterback who's likely going to be more effective at checking down to White on passing downs. I think the Patriots are, you know, building a run-heavy offense that will uh, feature a lot of 12 personnel packages and wide receivers will likely not be reliable fantasy players, while the tight ends, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, might be. Um, Jacoby Myers did have a lot of chemistry with Cam Newton. I just assume that he'll develop that with Jones as well, making him probably the only reliable receiver from a fantasy perspective. I think Jones's dynasty value rises a bit, though we all knew that he was going to be the, you know, from a dynasty perspective, that he would become the starter in the future, even if Cam held him off for this one season. Well, instead he gets, you know, to start right away. And because he does, I think he's going to be a great uh, back-end starter for super flex leagues and a very solid backup in one quarterback leagues. Mac Jones, um, that was big news for sure. That was the biggest one. Some other news, though, that I thought was noteworthy and changed some player values is uh, for Jarrett Patterson. Uh, Patterson was one of the best preseasons. He had one of the best preseasons of any rookie, even though he was an undrafted free agent. I think the football team uh, rewarded him with a spot on the roster, and then they cut Peyton Barber. I think this move signifies that Washington sees him as the direct backup to Antonio Gibson, making him a very, uh, very valuable depth piece for Dynasty rosters. 
I think JT McKissick, he's locked into the passing downs role in Washington and would stay in that role even if Gibson was to get injured. I just believe Washington wants to limit Gibson's touches too to keep him healthy. So Patterson's going to have a role in this offense even if Gibson is healthy. Uh, he won't be startable in dynasty leagues, you know, unless Gibson is injured. But he's valuable depth piece on dynasty rosters, which really, you know, they should all be filled. We should fill our dynasty rosters with, uh, you know, five to six backup running backs at all times. I know last weekend I tried to make a, a trade uh, up uh, with a, with every single owner in the, uh, in the fourth round to get Patterson in my final rookie draft, but I couldn't make a deal done. And then what's worse, the pick before my pick in the fourth round, another manager traded up to get Patterson. So I was one pick away from getting him, even though I was trying to trade up uh, time and time again in that fourth round. And then my, my punk, although my friend, Dave Brown, he jumped ahead of me and picked Patterson, the last player that I wanted in that draft, actually. I think he fell way too far in that rookie draft and has in rookie drafts overall. And I think some dynasty managers that are sleeping on him, uh, and maybe even some shallower leagues, they're even going to cut him um, on you know when it comes to our dynasty cut day. And if so, I would make him a top priority in waivers uh, for week one if that was to happen. Next player I mentioned is Boston Scott. I think Scott had an excellent preseason, uh, getting carries and passes while allowing Miles Sanders primarily to rest up for the season opener. Uh, the Eagles' uh, talented rookie, uh, Kenny Gainwell, he played a lot too, but he didn't play far better than Scott. I think the Eagles uh, decided to keep both Gainwell uh, and Scott behind Sanders, and I think that Scott is going to benefit because they cut Jordan Howard. Uh, though he's smaller in stature, Scott is a better dynasty handcuff to Sanders, I believe, not Gainwell. Sanders' preseason uh, struggles catching the ball makes me believe that Scott and Gainwell are actually both going to be involved in the passing game. But Scott would take the bulk of the carries um, if uh, Miles Sanders was to get injured. I think Gamewell's going to be used just as a passing downs back, but Scott will get carries if, if, if Sanders was injured. How do you think Scott is kind of a startable player in PPR leagues because of the amount of passes he's going to catch? But um, I think he's not really startable every week in regular and non-PPR leagues unless Sanders get injured. But like I said, those are the type of players that we want to have on our roster. I think he's a great depth piece for our rosters. Uh, even this morning, I traded a 2022 fourth round pick for Scott in a league when it came to um, cut day. And then I have Miles Sanders on that roster. So you know that I like to have handcuffs. And Scott was actually on the waiver wire a few weeks ago in one of my leagues when I picked him up. So I think Scott's value um, rose just a bit on the news of, you know, who's cutting Jordan Howard. Next one that took a big rise was Wayne Gallman. Uh, Gallman was cut uh, from the loaded running back room in San Francisco. But he was then picked up by Atlanta, who promptly released Kadri Allison, who was the only running back that they kept behind Mike Davis to survive. He was the only one that survived cut day. Allison's dynasty value took a sharp rise last week when, you know, like I said, by the end of the week, they'd cut everyone except Allison. It seemed like Allison was the clear backup. And Allison was one of the players that I added to almost all my rosters during this last preseason. It went really, really, I should say offseason, because after Atlanta didn't draft a running back, Allison seemed like the next best guy behind uh, Mike Davis, that's what I thought anyway. Um, but he couldn't break out last season when he had an opportunity for some carries, and he didn't stand out in the preseason. So Atlanta ultimately cut him to add a player that had not even been in their building. So Gallman played pretty well as a backup at Saquon Barkley last year, if you remember. He actually started in some of our starting lineups for several weeks while Barkley was injured. Um, I guess that the Falcons must have seen enough on tape uh, from last season to believe that Gallman is their best option to back up Davis. 
promptly uh, with this news. I dropped Allison in every league that I had him. <laughs> Definitely did. And then I scoured the waiver wire in every league looking to see if Goldman was available. I was surprised to see that he wasn't available in any of my leagues uh, because I really would like to, to have him as a handcuff, particularly in the leagues where I do have Mike Davis. Um, I tried to make a couple offers, and they're still out there, so I haven't heard. But so far, uh, no trade has gone through. But I was seeking Gallman, particularly in the leagues where I have Mike Davis. Let's move to some receivers. Some receivers, I think, that gained a bit last week uh, because of the cut days and things that happened. Uh, Ed, Brian Edwards. Uh, Edwards' dynasty value is on the rise, um, even though he's done pretty much nothing in preseason games. The Raiders, more than most any team, they rest out almost all their starters throughout the preseason and so Dynasty managers uh, have had to really rely solely on reports from practice and from coach speak. But if those are any indication, those have been glowing. And then the Raiders released John Brown on cut day. I think it's just very clear that the Raiders plan to start Edwards and Ruggs on the outside, and he will get more opportunities than they did last year in his injury-plagued season uh, and the season where Nelson Aguilar, who's now off the team, uh, started ahead of him. They protected him in the preseason for a reason. Uh, he's now at full health. I, th- I say right now the wheels are up on Edwards for this season. Other dynasty freaks must believe it too because in the one league, only one league where I have Edwards, I got several trade offers for him last week. I declined them all because I want to see what happens with Edwards. Next player that uh, increased some value this week was Josh Parmel, Parmer. Palmer. Uh, if you've been following me, uh, you know that I love Palmer. Uh, he and Diami Brown are the, my most drafted rookies. Um, I actually traded a 2022 second round pick to trade up to get him in the third round of my last rookie draft that I had just two days ago. Uh, the Chargers uh, must have been high on Palmer too because they waived their talented, very talented receiver Tyron Johnson last week in addition to their second round prospect Joe Reed, although they did re-sign him to their practice squad. I think that Johnson was Palmer's primary competition for the third wide receiver spot on the team. And I don't think it's Jalen Guyton, even though some you know depth charts have him listed ahead of Palmer. I think this is Palmer's job. Uh, even so, my excitement for, for uh, Palmer is not just about this season. It really is about his future with the team because Mike Williams' contract expires after this season. And I believe that he's going to be the wide receiver the next um, wide receiver two next year for the Chargers. And of course, he's paired with Justin Herbert as his quarterback. And that's something that I want to buy into. And I have a lot. I really have. Next player, I think it got a little bump this, this year or this last week was Nico Collins. Uh, Collins ran with the first team for most of the preseason. And he was already looking like, you know, a week one starter for the Texans. Uh, while the Texans surprisingly then let Kiki Kuti go last week, I think Collins' role on the team was made more concrete by that move. It's true that Chris Conley ran with the first team a lot, too, uh, so Collins could face some competition in two wide receiver sets, but Conley uh, has just been a career backup his whole career, and so I think he'll quickly be overtaken by Collins by midseason, if not sooner. Brandon Cooks is the most targeted receiver on an offense that's going to struggle to score points, but on the converse side of that, you say uh, they're going to be behind in a lot of games, and so they're going to need to pass the ball. Um, from a dynasty perspective, the biggest question for Collins is who is the Texans quarterback going to be? Who's going to be the future quarterback there uh, to be paired with him in his career? If the if the horribly run organization can get some things together and improve, uh, Collins could be a significant benefactor in the future. At this point, um, that might be hard to believe because they've been so poorly run. At the same time, they can't get much worse than they are currently as far as an organization. And so I'm believing a little hype here with Collins. I traded a 2022 second round pick for Collins uh, last week to add him to my roster. 
One more receiver before we get to a few tight ends is uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, Brashad Perriman was one of those surprise cuts by the Detroit Lions who have one of the weakest wide receiver cores in the league. <laughs> so it's surprised that they would cut him, you know, when they're already so weak. Uh, Tyrell Williams is their most experienced receiver, and he's kind of been an NFL journeyman. Uh, Khalif Raymond is listed as a starter opposite Williams, but he's never been an NFL starter. I just think St. Brown and Quintus Cephas uh, are someone to keep an eye on because they have the most draft capital. Though, uh, it was only uh, St. Brown was the only one drafted by this coaching staff. I think St. Brown was active with the first team during the preseason a lot. Um, he was targeted quite a bit. He didn't make anything. He didn't do anything outstanding or make any tremendous plays. But I like to see that he was targeted quite a bit. Um, I just like his role and his fit with his team, and I like that uh, that like Houston, Detroit should be behind in many games. Uh, but more than just thinking about this year, I like his future with the team. Uh, Detroit has given Coach Campbell a very long ramp to improve the team, and he and he was the one who drafted St. Brown with his first skilled player that he picked. Um, I've said it before, but St. Brown has excellent character and an incredible pedigree as a prospect. I do not think that he can fail in the NFL. I happily drafted him in several leagues, including with my second-round pick uh, just two days ago. Tight ends now. I mentioned two before we close. Dawson Knox. Uh, man, throughout the offseason, there are rumors that Buffalo would trade for Zach Ertz. And then throughout the preseason, there are rumors that Jacob Hollister uh, might start ahead of him. And so, well... We know what happened. Ertz is still with the Eagles, and Hollister actually did not make the 53-man roster. Knox was involved in the passing game during the preseason while playing almost all the first-team reps. I really think it's his job to lose, and he's not going to lose it. While he'll be far down the totem pole for targets on this team, for sure, I think his role is going to grow this year in a very pass-happy offense. And you know, for tight ends, it does take time for them to develop and become relevant for fantasy. But Knox is on the road to do so, I think. Uh, he's a good tight end to hold in dynasty rosters, but, you know, particularly if you have an every week starter, just holding Knox at the back end of your roster while he, while he you know, begins to get a more substantial role with the team. Um, even so, I wouldn't be surprised to see him dropped this week on dynasty rosters when it comes to our dynasty cut days. He might be one that gets cut. Um, I'm not dropping him in the one league where I roster him. And in all the teams where I have a really reliable starting tight end, I'll look to add Knox to my team's next week on waivers if he is uh, dropped. One more that we'll mention uh, is Christopher Herndon. Chris Herndon, uh, man, his breakout year, you know, has become like the butt of jokes the last two years because he's never played as well as he did in his uh, rookie year. And then he's lost a starting role to guys not nearly as athletic or talented as him. It's not his talent that holds him down. It's his head. It's his character. There's something about him that's keeping him down and Maybe he just needs this change of scenery uh, to have a breakout season. Well, he's got that chance now because he last week, you know, he was traded to Minnesota after Minnesota lost their starting tight end, Irv Smith, for the regular season at least. He might be able to come back in the playoffs. But Hernan's dynasty value, it really was as low as it had ever been. Uh, he was only rostered in a couple, um, you know, super deep leagues or tight end premium leagues until last week when I saw, you know, another bump in his dynasty value because I saw people pick him up off the wire last week when this news happened. Um, I believe that the value should go up. It should. Uh, but I'm taking kind of a wait-and-see approach on this one. Like I said, he was added in waivers in several of my leagues, but I didn't make any moves myself for him. I do roster him in one uh, very deep league that's a tight end premium league, and he actually made my cut for that team. Um, he'll have to do a lot to ever get my starting lineup in that team, but I'm intrigued enough to keep him on my roster just to see if he can live up to the hype around him after his impressive rookie season. Another little bump for Herndon, even though he's at the bottom of the barrel. That was good news uh, for him. 
Well, that's it, guys. Next week, we're talking real football. We're talking scores, wins, and losses. It's going to be a blast. Hope this helped you think about some of the players that maybe got a bump uh, during this last week after roster cuts. That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. Much better on email than Twitter, so please email me. I would love to chat with you as a Dynasty Freak. As always, I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.